0: Another day, another dollar here in post-pandemic America, and the story that we have to lead with today on Friday, uh, August 18th, is the bankruptcy filing of Evergrande, Evergrande Group, uh, which is one of China's largest companies. So we'll read a couple of sentences from the article over on the New York Times about this. Says the filing comes two years after the company defaulted on its debt, setting off defaults by smaller Chinese developers. And the main part of it here says China Evergrand Behemoth Behemoth, sorry. China Evergrande a Behemoth property developer filed for bankruptcy protection on Thursday, more than two years after it defaulted on its debt. Evergrande's bankruptcy petition filed at the U.S. Bankruptcy Court in the Southern District of New York comes as the company continues to try to settle staggering levels of debt. As of the end of last year, Evergrande reported liabilities totaling $335 billion. So this collapse of Evergrande obviously bodes poorly for the Chinese economy. This would be like this would sort of be like Berkshire Hathaway or something like that collapsing and declaring bankruptcy in the US. It will have that big of an impact on their, uh, their consumer confidence. Again, it would be as if Warren Buffett's company were to go under. That would really shock and scare people. Well, that's what happened with Evergrande, which again in China is a respected and very large investment firm that focuses on uh, real estate development. So we leave with that story, and if anybody knows more about it, feel free to sound off in the comments, since we're live streaming right now also. And then to follow up on yesterday's story, uh, John Podesta is now giving press conferences at the White House. Pizza man John Podesta, America's Rasputin, America's pizza-obsessed Rasputin, basically the spiritual advisor to Joe Biden. (laughs) <laughs> so this guy gives a speech yesterday uh, about how the administration plans to tame inflation. And you know what? These DNC boomers, these Doomer boomers in D.C., they're all so predictable. So predictable. It's paint by numbers. It really is. Paint by numbers, folks. It'll start off with the tame inflation. We have to curtail crypto. We got to stop Bitcoin. And then it'll be... Uh, It'll be more and more shrill, right? So John Podesta's views on crypto are roughly identical to Elizabeth Warren's because she's the little dog who's yapping. Yapping and saying what Podesta wants out there. They're using progressivism as a foil to attack crypto when the development of cryptocurrency might be one of the most progressive things of all time. (laughs) As I explained on yesterday's podcast or the one the day before, Uh, For many years, progressives in D.C. had wanted credit unions to be powerful enough that some local business owner or some local farmer or something in the middle of the country could go and, and get their banking needs serviced by a credit union where the money kind of stays in the community instead of needing to use a big West Coast or big New York bank. That was the concept, is that people in small towns should not have to rely on a too-big-to-fail bank that's headquartered thousands of miles away. Now, if they're into credit unions, Bitcoin is really a money union. It's the millions of people who use Bitcoin saying, hey, we're going to accept this as currency. Nobody's authorized it, but it's just an emergent property is that people use Bitcoin as money. Right. That's one of its emergent features. And we're just going to treat it like money. No one's telling us we can do it. No one's really telling us we can't do it. And that's that. But to people like John Podesta, that doesn't work because they plan to steal from us by means of continued inflation. That presidential candidate who's leading in, uh, leading in Argentina with the huge sideburns, big sideburns, the guy looks like he stepped out of a time machine from like 1972. But what he's saying about the central bank in his country being a scam, and every country's central bank being a scam, I think is 100% on the money, no pun intended. It's on the money because with inflation, they're robbing from people. They're robbing from people who've saved or who have participated in the system. And they're also robbing from people who've loaned money to anybody else because you're getting repaid in dollars that are worth much less. And uh, yeah, so anyway, to go back to Podesta for a second, the guy is a harbinger of doom. You know those Japanese oarfish? They're these really weird long fish called oarfish. And they usually are on the you know deep ocean floor and stuff, scavenging, much like Podesta. <laughs> They're on the deep ocean floor and they leave everybody alone. But from time to time, they surface. They'll surface and wash up on the beach and stuff. And when that happens, Asian fishermen and uh, people across Japan get very concerned Because there's an urban legend or a myth or whatever that when you see oarfish, earthquakes and tsunamis and disasters soon follow. And there might be something to it with, you know, if, if, you know, the the vents at the bottom of the ocean when there's tectonic activity, the vents might heat up and it might cause the oarfish to want to surface or something like that. But yeah, so there's this correlation between sightings of oarfish and then, earthquakes or tsunamis imminently afterward. And that's what Podesta is. These globalists who run our country, they surface seemingly right before they throw some new monkey wrench in our plans for happiness and peace and freedom. And the last time he really surfaced, he took a trip to New Zealand. And that was right before their most difficult phase of the pandemic. He took this very visible trip to New Zealand to see the prime minister who he was friends with. And then within days, they have these harsh lockdowns. To this day, considered some of the harshest response uh, during the pandemic was in New Zealand. And again, Podesta popped his little head up like an oarfish (laughs) just days before New Zealand enacted all that stuff. And uh, anyway, if it's a fight you want, you got it. I don't think you'll be successful in outlawing crypto on the grounds that it's causing inflation because it's not causing inflation at all. People are exiting the dollar because they think Joe Biden is weak and they've seen America lose two wars in the last four years. And that's, that's a big thing for people to take. <laughs> we lost the war against COVID and we lost in Afghanistan. 20 years of trying to maintain control of Afghanistan, then we throw our hands up and give the trillions of dollars in lithium deposits and other natural resources to whoever else wants it. The Chinese, the Russians, whoever wants to go in there and take it. You don't even have to have a military presence, right? You just bring commercial mining companies in. So absolute failure, absolute two losses under Biden. And that has an impact on people's faith in the U.S. dollar. And then you got uh, Saudi Arabia. You got Mohammed, Mohammed bin Salman, crown prince there saying he doesn't care about pleasing the US anymore. He's gonna do his own thing. He's not gonna use our dollar necessarily in trade or transactions. Then you got that deal between the United uh, Arab Emirates, the UAE and India, where they're now gonna start using their own currencies when they do trade deals instead of using the dollar, which makes a lot of sense. Why should they use another country's currency when they're transacting with each other? Why do they have to use a country's currency that's literally separated from them by an ocean and has very little in common with them culturally? No offense. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just like that's not their currency. That's not their culture. And yet they were forced to use it until just recently. Well, we're an empire. We're an empire in rapid collapse. And people like Podesta, instead of learning about crypto, he thinks that by torturing the rest of us and making crypto on an uneven playing field here in the U.S. versus other countries. That if he tortures us crypto holders enough, that somehow the dollar will, will remain strong. But my point here is that the weakness of the dollar is coming from international exit points. It's not so much Americans don't believe in the dollar anymore, although we go to a grocery store and it now costs $300, $300 to get stuff for less than a week. So we see the inflation, and that doesn't really instill confidence that we're paying more everywhere or almost everywhere. We see it, but we're not the ones causing it. If you buy a little bit of Bitcoin, you're not hastening inflation by doing that. Just as if you buy a life raft, you're not causing the future uh, sinking of your ship. The two things are not correlated. Uh, And so, again, it's, it's international interest and the dollar declining that will be the death knell of our empire. And it'll still be a country, but it's for sure not going to be the country that everybody around the world takes our currency because they're afraid of us. It's not going to be that place anymore. Thank you guys so much. Have a great weekend. And uh, there are a number of requests over the last like two or three months. People who wanted to tip us, but have completely written off PayPal. People who refuse to use PayPal anymore. And uh, it's taken us longer than I would have liked to find a good alternative. But we have found a great alternative now. So that link is in profile. If you're watching on the live stream, when I end this, go over there. Link in profile, and I'll put the link in description of today's podcast. And that's a donate link over on Stripe. So without any exposure to PayPal's ecosystem or PayPal's censorship, you can now tip us in $10 increments, as much or as little as you want, $10 increments. And if you tip at least $10 today or tomorrow only, Today or tomorrow only, tip at least $10 and give your best email address. And I'll add you to our premium research newsletter. I'll add you so you get our updates, which about 4,000 people get every week. So just a little you know, perk for everybody to tip, because we're going to start coming down hot and hard. Hot and hard with some new investigative journalism. If these people want to attack our crypto and say it's to protect us from inflation, no, your elderly bag holders who are literally born into your central bank wealth, and we're too lazy to ever read up on Bitcoin. Now you have this weird Elizabeth Warren narrative that it's killing people. Bitcoin's not killing anybody, not even a little bit. (laughs) Bitcoin is killing people. No, it's not unaliving anybody. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Thanks for all the growth over here. Looks like we're about to hit 16,000 followers. And that's it. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Fulcrum News, real news from America and around the world fulcrumnews.com slash subscribe to get our premium membership and updates via email.